0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Reality Hall, your podcast with your favorite hall for reality TV, me and Claire Oublier. I haven't recorded a podcast episode in like two weeks. It's not that I didn't want to, I just could not. It was I wanted to do a special episode for the Summer House premiere and the Real House of the New Jersey premiere, and I was just too busy, so I didn't even get to watch the episode like till the Sundays and At that point, I was like, okay, there's no point of me doing any podcast episode. And then the next week, the same thing happened. Like, I was busy at work. I was busy socially. But I'm so happy to record that episode now. So this week, I'm going to be talking about the first part of the reunion of Real House of Potomac. The second episode of Summer House and the third episode of Real Housewife of New Jersey. Oh, and also, the Vendor Pump Roll is back. So, yeah, I'm covering that too. I'll jump right into it with the first part of the reunion of Real Housewife of Potomac. So, the reunion starts, and we have a little snippet from the Reasonably Shady podcast where Giselle and Robin talk about the woman that was at the hotel with Juan and that she was aware of it and that she wanted us to go to Patreon to like get more details. And then we got the also a preview, a little snippet of the Watch What Happened lives one-on-one with Robin Dixon and Handy Cohen. I'm not going to go back to that because that was like two weeks ago and it's a little too late for me to talk about it. We all know what happened. But what I'll say is Robin needs to be Fired. Fired. She is hiding her life from us. When she's on a show about her life, that's ridiculous. We need to fire that little troll. <laughs> troll. That's the word of the week. And so then after that, they tell us two weeks earlier from the podcast and the Watch What Happened Live one-on-one was when the reunion was filmed. So we see the woman arrives. They're in their trailer and the handy does is usual going to each trailer to talk about the um, to talk to the housewives and uh, Andy goes to Karen's trailer and asks her how she feels about the fact that Sharon is here today and Karen gives him a very Shady but also you know what she means answer and she's like well Cherries deserves to be here today Like as you guys filmed enough with her you put her everywhere you could and I agree they just tried to be messy to put Cherries everywhere so Karen is not going to say, she can't be here. You obviously want her here. So let her be here and I'll destroy her. Or I'll just pay her no mind. I don't know. Cherise still isn't in this part of the reunion. But I don't care. I'm not bothered by Cherise. You guys love her. Good for you. I don't. And I appreciate that answer by, by Karen. What, they, what do they want her to say? She's the grand dam. She's unbothered by Cherise, And that's all it is. So then the woman arrives on the set. And they're all like, oh my God, the seating arrangement is weird. Yeah, we already, t- already talked about the seating ar- arrangement. It's really weird. It doesn't make sense. And even if the woman points it out, it's like that it's really weird. So then she goes and says hello to all the housewife individually. And uh, he's like, Giselle, you're seeing Jason. And <laughs> I'm actually happy for Giselle that she's uh, seeing Jason from Summer House. Um, they do look good together. Giselle deserves some young D. Maybe it will make her be more into her life and less into other people's life. I'm very happy for her. Robin is finally married after seven years of suffering through her storyline with Juan. She's finally married. He asks Karen how she feels about it. Karen says she's happy, but her face says otherwise. She looked like so bothered. She was like, "Hmm, hmm. well, I'm very happy about it." Well, Robin. Without it, Robin, I keep saying Robin. Karen, without that. But, you know, like I said, the grandam. she will keep her head high anyway. So then we start off the reunion talking about Ashley and her situation, her divorce with Michael and the house that has a $13,000 mortgage a month. So she says that she loves the new house. It's seven minutes from her old house. And Michael has a key to her house and she has a key to his house and she says that he can't pop in whenever he wants to he has to give her one hour notice before coming in i really don't understand why like golem would have a key to your house it's your house okay maybe he's paying the mortgage so he's like i want a key to the house but no, no no you don't need a key to the house you just need to text me and ask me if i'm home and then if i'm home you ask me can i come over and i'll say yes or no i don't need a key to your house you don't need a key to my house. If we're really getting a divorce, but you're buying me that house, because, like we know, we learn after that she's not getting anything from the prenup, well, the least you could do is give me my privacy and not try to, like, insert yourself into my life by getting a key. Ashley, I thought she was really smart, Ashley, when she first came into the show, because I was like, okay, girl, you're marrying that old, ugly guy, you're getting all those, you're making all those kids for him, because you want the bag but it turns out she's not as smart as she looks she's very dumb she makes terrible decisions, and she might have Stockholm syndrome from Michael because like she keeps defending him it's ridiculous then they start talking about a relationship with Luke and she said that there were boundary issues between Michael and Luke because during a long weekend Michael dropped off the kids on a Sunday because he forgot quote-unquote forgot that he was supposed to have the kid until monday and luke was at her house and he had to go back home right away because she didn't want the kid to meet luke because she only had been seeing him for like a couple of weeks and i say quote-unquote forgot to that he was supposed to keep the kids the kids until monday because there's no way michael had forgotten it was just being difficult it was just like if i'm not getting any you know, not like getting any i'm not gonna Watch those little demon kids while you're getting your toe sucked by Luke. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's not happening. And that's exactly why I don't think Michael should have a key to your house because you will not have any chance to have a new relationship because that man will never let you live your life. He's bitter. He had this little young thing for himself and he could like have threesomes and they were in an open relationship. And all of a sudden, she changed all the specifics and she starts dating that beautiful hockey player yeah no he's not having it and yeah then we finally get into the prenup situation and she said the prenup did not work out for her she's not getting anything because all the money that he made before is his and that I agree with but everything that he made after apparently he reinvested it in projects so that money tied to those projects And since it was money that he made before, then it's still considered his. So she has no alimony in the prenup, no lump sum payment, and she only have safety nets like spousal support. Um, I think, uh, Ashley, you need to be a little bit smarter. You know, there's something called forensic accountant during a divorce where Michael will have to submit everything all of, all of his bank account statements, so that you can see what he made during your marriage, and you can get half of that. There's no way that all the money that he made in five years has been reinvested into projects. There's no way of that. She says she doesn't know how much it's worth. Yes girl, like get your head out of the sand and hire forensic accountants. like don't get a legal counsel. That michael chose they're not gonna let you know all of your rights you need to look look for your own counsel and then you can see exactly what you are truly entitled to because it's ridiculous that you were married for this man for so long that you had a prenup that stated that you were supposed to get a lump sum payment and you're not getting anything there's something very suspicious about it and you're being very dumb about the whole situation talking about I'm happy to have the house. The house is not even yours. The house is in the LLC with Michael. Michael is the one paying the mortgage. So if one day he goes to court and he's like, I want to get my house back. I'm the one that I've been paying for this house. The house is in my name. You will be kicked out of the house, Ashley. You need to wake up. So then Andy reads a question by a viewer that says that Ashley called Candice the least accomplished when she first arrived in the in the group but now ashley is actually the one that is the least accomplished because candy has an album she has a music career, she has two masters i think she has her whole house she's married she has her whole life but ashley now has nothing nothing so ashley actually does apologize for saying that but uh, she says that she feels very accomplished and no one will make her feel otherwise But apparently that apology is not enough for Candice because Candice goes on about how she thinks that it's funny, that when she she used to live in her mom's house, everyone, including Ashley, made fun of her for that. And we see the whole bird and I fight at her mom's house. (laughs) And uh, Ashley says that she stands by what she said she was living in her house, but by her mom. And I actually... Agree with Ashley, kind of, because she was married to Michael. That's work. She was married. She gave him two kids. She was taking of the kids. She was a housewife, so it's pretty normal for a housewife in a divorce to get the house, to get something in return, because it's considered a job. Candice, on the other hand, was living in her mom's house. It's two different, two very different situation. I'm not saying it's bad for Candice to live in her mom's house, like. If you can when I was doing my studies my mom was paying half my rent and I will never like say oh it's not right no if my mom can help me well I'm happy that she's helping me because she brought me into this world so why would she abandon me as soon as I turn 18 but it's two complete different situations. but then can this goes into that what I think is going to become something iconic this iconic read and I'll give you the read right now so she says I was maligned incessantly for season because of my generational wealth. If you are able to attend the decoration that it put in those papers to distract you, you, I pray, I pray, will have that for your children, for the blessings that my family has bestowed upon me. Oh, when I tell you when she said that, I had to pause and I had to rewind the episode to really listen to what she says. I was shocked like i'd rather you spit on me rather than you say that to me if you are able to attain the decorations that he put in those papers to distract you oh <laughs> this is so like so ugly to say something to someone because like she's using all those words like bestowed upon me generational wealth whatever whatever i love a good classy read and i think that's why Candice is iconic i can't believe that i did not like Candice in the first seasons she has came so far so far from her first season as to now i think she is like the queen of the show she is and then ashley instead of taking her hail she gets very defensive she says that by the time she's 30 uh, by the time they are 30 her kids will have her her house in their name. And even if they don't have a house in their name, Ashley, it's not bad, it's not the end of the world. If they have a house that you help them pay for, you should be happy about that. This is what all parents should want, to be able to help their kids get better in life, advance in life, not be homeless, live in a beautiful $5 million mansion. If I can do that for my kids, my hypothetic kids, I will do it and I won't let anyone shame them for this. Anyway, after she says that, Ashley says that she will be keeping the Derby name because they are the Derbys. And she just wants to clarify that Michael is a great father. And she's not saying that because she has to for him to keep paying the $13,000 mortgage. No, no, no. She actually believes that Michael is a great father. I actually don't believe that. I think that's, yeah. I said that. She's just saying that because he was like, you better make me whole and tell those people that I am a great dad and I, am, I was a great husband because otherwise that house is not getting paid for. Anyways, after she's life, Ashley's life is in shamble no matter what she wants to let us believe. She was in love with Luke. She started having feelings with him, but she felt like he was stringing her along. Alone. She ain't getting no money from being with Michael for all those years she's just getting a house where she still has to pay half of the mortgage and the house is not even in her name Ashley's like she's a mess she is just a mess anyway we moved on to Mia and her mysterious health care, which turned out to be just a rash but she keeps on lying she says that she had multiple lymph nodes she has to get a check ray a chest x-ray, a chest (laughs) x-ray to make sure that it didn't spread to her chest. But she still doesn't tell us exactly what she has. She's still under medical care. She's on medication. She has tissues growing in her reproductive organ. She saw Giselle's storyline and blah, 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 blah. She's just lying. She's just lying about her health care or health care. That woman has nothing. She just wanted attention. there was speculation online that her breast implants and her fillers and everything that she's getting done to her body was actually the reason why she had all of those health problems. And I actually do agree. That's a very, very, very valid assumption, but they have um, ruled out the breast implant illness. Um, This is not what's causing her, her problem. We still don't know. And I, pretty sure we'll never know because she just has a rash. Then some viewers thought that Wendy was being an hypocrite because of the hot mic moment when she called Mia a liar right after saying to Robin and Giselle that they were being a terrible person for calling Mia a liar to her face and then Mia says no like you just were being a snake and instead of telling me to my face you said it behind my back. I don't know why people want to tell them that they're lying to their faces like girl if you're telling me you have cancer i'm not gonna be like no you're lying i'm gonna be like okay if you want to have your 15 minutes of attention for people while well, people are like caring for you and telling you you're good i ain't gonna say anything i don't believe you and that's what when he's saying her i believe you were lying but why would i tell you that to your face you obviously maybe believe that you could have cancer so i'm not gonna tell you no you're lying i'm just gonna think what i think but in front of you i'm gonna be like yeah maybe you have cancer i'll just wait and see how it plays out then mia tells her that uh, she wished that she had an opportunistic husband that would have filmed her when she was at the hospital getting the x-ray and all that and wendy is like so unbothered she's like next question i'm sorry that my husband loves me next question i don't care she pays a no mind I love Wendy for being like so... She, she's not going to give Mia what she wants. She's like, she's over it. She, she, Mia, she made like an ass out of, out of herself. And Wendy knows it. She knows that us, the viewers, like know Mia is a liar. And so she's not even entertaining this, this conversation. And then we move on to the actual situation we care about. The chiropractic business being st- stolen from them. So she tells us that um, G's brother is part owner of the company, and he took them off the bank account, and he revoked access to the access that G had to the bank account after a board meeting. and then she gets into numbers. There's three people on the board, there are eight people on the board. Two against one, but I thought there were eight people on the board. I actually understand what she's saying. Like, there's only three people on the board. They voted G out. I don't know why she's asked that trying to talk about the eight people on the board and her 40% ownership of the company doesn't change anything. If you own 40% of the company, but you're not on the board, you have no direct, you can't make no decision about the daily life of the company. But apparently she was the CEO. So if she was the CEO, she would have been on the board, but she can't vote, but she's the CEO. See, she's lying. It's very confusing. But I don't believe that uh, Giselle's theory is the right theory. They were using companies' money to fund their lavish lifestyle and they were making it look like it was good for the chiropractic business. But no, they were just stealing from the company. So they decided that they would revoke Giselle's access to the company's bank account and the reason i believe that's true is because now that they don't have access to that money they cannot live in their huge house in potomac they had to move to betesta whatever they north betesta they had to stop renting all those apartments that they were renting in charlotte and merlin because she's by costal. yeah mia you were stealing from the chiropractic company just admit it that's why they revoked your access you guys are not smart with money. You are renting all those houses instead of buying a house. It's like, oh, but it's better to rent a house and whatever, whatever. You just want to make it look like you are what you're not. Because now we're asking you where you live. And you live in a penthouse in North Bethesda. Why do you need to live in a penthouse if you're living out of your savings? Like, live in a little house like the rest of the people. You don't need like, to try to keep up appearances. Like, it's ridiculous. So in the end, what she's saying is that they're going to try to sell the company so that they can get their 40% of the company back and get their investment back. And that's it. But Mia is such a bad liar. Even when she's like up against the wall, she can't go anywhere. She still tries to lie. And she's such a terrible liar. No one believes her, but she believes her own lies. And that's why she will never back down. And she will always make it look like those lies are the truth. Because for her, this is the truth. When they go back from break, it's now Candy's turn to be like on the hot seat. So we actually see unseen footage of uh, Giselle reading a DM that she received from Chris 15 minutes after the cameras went down, like the closing of season seven. And it reads, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to talk this season. If If I truly made you feel uncomfortable for that, I am sorry. But I'll be honest, I have been very angry about how this has played out. And some of the words that have been used... And that is why I have been hesitant. So Chris says he's very sorry that he didn't get to talk to her during the season. Like 15 minutes before, she was with you in a group setting in the same room as you. You could have talked to her. You could have said all that to her while the cameras were rolling. I actually believe that Chris did not do that because he enjoyed being part of a storyline. He enjoyed the fame he enjoys all of the housewife attention he's getting Every, after all episode after each episode he goes on twitter and he lives tweets. then when he's bored he's like i'm bored please send me questions anonymously he like interacts with a lot of the housewife fans i don't like it i don't like when a husband is like so after fame it's real housewife no not real house husband so chris you are not sorry that you didn't get to talk to her this season you are happy that you got your 15 minutes of fame this season and it was not even 15 minutes it was like 18 episodes <laughs> about you this is yeah this man is a joke Candice makes a point to tell us that this message was sent before they got to see the season before they got to see that Jezel accused Chris of sexual assault which I think is taking it a little bit too far because she says that that was the accusation made when Giselle said that um, Chris grabbed Ashley's friend's butt. And that was before Giselle accused Chris of being a sneaky link and wanting to be with her. So I guess that apparently the apology is being taken back. But Giselle does apologize to Candice and she said that she will apologize to Chris But Candice is like, apologize when? When did you apologize? Apologize when? And Giselle is like, I apologize right now. But Candice does not accept the apology. And uh, Giselle can shove it up her ass. And I agree with Candice. You can't do all that malicious thing. You can't malign me all season long. And then once everything that you have been said have been disproved, you are... Apologizing and taking back everything you said, the damage has been done and a simple apology will not cut it. And then they start arguing because Giselle is like, everyone wants to make me look like a terrible person and I want to break families apart. Well, Giselle, that's what you're doing. That is exactly what you're doing. And uh, that's not what she's doing. She's just trying to bring up how she felt and she felt uncomfortable. And uh, all of a sudden, Robin jumps in and she says, can we agree that it's probably not the best idea for a married man to be in a hotel room with a single woman? Really, Robin? Really? Can we agree that it's not the best idea? You should have shut your mouth, especially in light of what we learned, that Juan was in a hotel room with that woman because what? She forgot her wallet and she couldn't... What? 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 Makes no sense. Robin, shut the fuck up. You need to stop being a hypocrite. And I need... For Candice to realize that Robin is not her friend. She's like, oh my God, Robin is my big sister. Robin is my big sister. Robin does not value you, Candice. Robin will never be your friend, Candice. She will always be loyal to Giselle. She's not your friend because if she were your friend, right after the reunion, when Giselle told her, that she felt uncomfortable being in the hotel room with, with Chris by herself, you should have texted Candice and tell her about the situation. Even if you knew or thought that Giselle was not gonna bring it up on camera, if you were friends with Candice, you would have told her. Because when my friend tells me that's something that my other friend has done had made her feel uncomfortable or that she felt slighted or that she's unhappy i go and talk to that friend and try to mend f- fences and like try to be the mediator you put in the, um, putting the putting candy some blast at dinner playing her ig live for everyone else to see does not make you candy's friend candy's wake up ashley and robin will never be your friend okay and then I was on Candy's side all up until she brought Giselle's uterus in the fight she's like yeah you should have put your dwindling uterus as in front of the camera which she actually did but Candice I love you I think you your main character I think you're amazing I just need you to stop attacking women on their womanhood or on their motherhood like you have you win the argument and then you say something that is so deg- derogatory that we can't be on your side anymore. Like, really? Saying to a woman that just had to have an hysterectomy that her uterus is dwindling is actually disgusting. You lose your argument like this, Candice. So please do me a favor and just stop doing that. Stop doing that. Thank you. And that's on what we had the reunion on Giselle dwindling uh uterus apparently, so... I like this part of the reunion, I loved Mia like scrambling (laughs) to make us believe that she's still under medical attention, that we still don't know what she is, she doesn't have cancer but we don't know what she has. I liked the fact that Candice gathered Ashley and gathered Giselle at the end, I really love it. I'm very like, (laughs) like Wendy and Karen did not speak at all during this reunion. Wendy tried a little bit with, you know how uh, Jason uh, met Giselle through Ashley. We all knew it. Like, that's not news. But Wendy and Karen did not take a big part of the reunion. And I don't think that Wendy, I believe that Karen will have a big part in part two. But Wendy, I don't know, Wendy, you have to wake up because they're going to fire you from the show. Like, because except your kidney stones, you didn't bring anything this season, really. Anyway, that was all for the reunion of Potomac, so let's move on to Summer House. Summer should be fun and so far it hasn't been fun. It has all been work, 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 work and no fun. Drama, 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 drama (laughs) and no fun. I don't mind the drama but I do mind the work drama because it's hard for me to make my opinion about it because I don't know if what Carl is saying is true, what Kyle is saying is true. I'm more on Kyle's side, but we'll get into that. So the episode starts is the Fourth of July, and they go to the beach. It's the Fourth of July, and they're not having a party for the Fourth of July. They're not having a party at night. They're not having a party during the day. What's going on? This is not the summer house I've been wanting. I don't want to see them interact only with each other for the whole summer. I want parties. I want. I know we complain all the time about the parties, but when they're not there, we're like, where are the parties? Where are the parties? But. The 4th of July party is an institution in the summer house life. So I needed a party and I was very disappointed. Anyway, so they're at the beach and Chris tries to flirt with Sam. But Sam doesn't care because Chris made a big mistake. He introduced his heart of friends (laughs) to a bunch of girls that he didn't know before... He got to bag any of them. So he's not bagging anyone this season, I'm supposing. Because we all met Jerez. And Jerez is the hottest. And he comes to that beach party. And he knows how he's done. He's bringing a guy that's less hot than him around those girls. But let's come back to the Jerez subject. He's hot. He's hot. He's shirtless. He has a six-pack. He's tall. He has light-cold eyes. He is really, really hot anyway <laughs> so we see that Mia is still hung up on the call and Lindsay situation and she wants to have a conversation with Lindsay so she pulled Kyle for a conversation Mia is very 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 smart she's trying to get allies in that fight and she knows that Kyle will be an ally to her because he's been talking shit about Lindsay's and Kyle's relations since the beginning even though it says I've been the first to be like happy for them, but no. But Mia is being very smart in that fight. So she asked Carl if he had a conversation with Carl, and Carl said that he didn't have a conversation with him in a very long time. And uh, Mia says she's not trying to compare her and Carl's relationship to Carl's and Carl's to Carl's and Carl relationship, but that's what that's exactly what she's doing. I really don't like. The fight, like Mia's fight is ridiculous. Lindsay has all the right to think that it wasn't appropriate what she done and Mia will not admit to what she's done wrong. And I'm kind of turned off by that, put off by that. I really liked Mia last season and this season I feel like she's been a little dramatic for nothing. But anyway, we'll get into that Wednesday. We reached the conversation that they had. So in the end of Mia's conversation with Carl, Kyle, Kyle says that he'll have a talk with Carl, and she should have a talk with Lindsay. So Carl and Kyle finally have a conversation. Kyle tells him that he feels like something has been off and he doesn't know why. And Kyle tells him that he's just been busy with the move with Lindsay and everything. I think that's a shitty, mis- that's a shitty excuse. Like you are busy for maybe one or two weekends but you moving on, moving in with Lindsay is not a reason for you not to reach out to your friend. Something else is going on. You've just been avoiding him. And yes, he's been avoiding him because he's now in a relationship with Lindsay. And Lindsay has a problem with everyone. And she might have told Carl, if you're really with me and you really want to be with me, you can't be friend or be like friend. Not, not friend, but you can't hang out all the time with people that keep on bashing me and trash-talking me. Then Carl tells Kyle that he is burned out and he doesn't know where he's going with Loverboy. Boy, he doesn't feel like he's valued. He feels like he's working all those hours and he's the face of the company and he's not compensated enough. He's not being appreciated. And Carl uh, tells Carl that he thinks that actually Lindsay is in his hairs, because... Before he got with Lindsay, he had no issue doing all that, but now that he is with her, he has a problem doing all that. And Carl admits it. He's like, "Yeah, I complain to Lindsay a lot." and he has to listen to the advice that she's giving him because she is looking out for him, and she has opened his eyes on what his value is. so Carl is not even like saying no. You should not blame that on Lindsay. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been complaining to Lindsay and she's been telling me, well, just ask for more money or quit. <laughs> Carl says that he just wants more honesty. And he says, okay, we're well, good. And they hug it out. But in his, converse- in his confessional, Carl says that he's mad and he thinks that's bullshit. Carl has been very, very happy at Loverboy. And... Lindsay is the problem because she is just bored and she wants Carl to do nothing like her and sit on the couch all all day. I don't think that's that. I think that's just Lindsay is seeing Carl doing all those appearances for Loverboy and she's like, oh, you're not paying an appearance fee. So you should ask for more money. You're not valued. You are a reality TV star. Loverboy is a reality TV brand. So every time you make an appearance, you should be compensated. I think that's bullshit because, Carl, that's part of your job to be the face of the company. You should not be getting paid more for doing your job. But then again, that's just an assumption that I'm making because we actually don't know what it is. We have no proof of judging who is writing this. Is it Carl? Is it Kyle? That's why it's bothering me that this is playing the way it is on the show. Then we see Gabby drooling all over Jerry's and telling Lindsay she's really into him. But she hasn't said hello to him because she's like, she's this type of girl that just stay there and act pretty and ignore the guys and expect the guys (laughs) to know that she's into him. Anyway, so Lindsay calls Jerry's over and uh, they start having a conversation they're like oh you're really You look good what you're doing he's like i'm an actor slash model and then lizzie lets gabby and jerez have a talk and she asks him what's your birthday and he tells her and she's like oh you're cancer oh and she's <laughs> that part was so funny because she's like i hate cancer man I think they are inherently dishonest. They are not good people. And they are sociopaths. And at first I was like, hmm, that's a very weird way of flirting. But go ahead. Go ahead. I want to see how this unfolds. She tells us that her ex was a cancer. And he ghosted her for a couple of weeks and brought another girl to Coachella. And she was dating him for four years. But he cheated on her for three of those years. So that's why she does not like cancer men and i was like okay so you're playing like hard to get i want you to show me that i should trust cancer men but no 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 she's like okay you were cancer you're trash bye thank you for this conversation i find it very funny that she's basing Cherry's personality all of his astrology sign and an experience that she had with a man that had the same sign as him she is really an astrology girl like she's basing all her life on astrology i kind (laughs) of i kind of like it i think it's very very funny i like gabby i think she's a great addition to the show she's a little wacky but i like her and she's beautiful so like what's not to like she's young she's beautiful the other girls have accepted her in the group. And I really love the fact that they have accepted her in the group. And they have not treated her like they tweeted jewels or whatever. I like, I like it. So after that, Mia and Lizzie, Lindsay go to have a chat together. So Mia tells Lindsay that she wants to move forward. She wants to be amicable in the house. She doesn't want it to be a problem. And uh, Mia says that the tone that Lindsay had with her was very harsh. Lindsay keeps on saying that she is allowed to not be happy that Mia is proposing to her sober boyfriend to go um, smoke weed. It's really not being a friend and not uh, caring for him. I'm on Lindsay's side with that. Like I would be extremely pissed off if I was trying to put my to get my boyfriend out of this situation. I was sober with him. And then some girl that pretends to be his friend invites him for a joint. No, girl, like you're gonna make him relapse. Don't do that. But I also believe that Lindsay told Mia very, very mean things and told her that she wanted uh, Carl and all that. But Lindsay was mad. We can't hold that against her. She was mad because the situation was in her eyes very serious and very. Could affect Carl in a very, very bad way. But uh, then uh, Lindsay asks her, "Is she not allowed to have those feelings and help her?" And Mia answered, "No, you can feel whatever the fuck you want, bitch." And then Lindsay like, "Did you just call me a bitch?" And it's like, "No, I just call all my friends bitches." But Mia, you just said you're not friends with Lindsay, so which is it? I actually don't like people that use the bitch word as punctuation. <laughs> So maybe that's why also I'm very anti-Maya this season, because she arrived all, she had a switch in her character. Last season, she was all sweet and nice, and this season, she's all, oh, bitch, all streets, whatever. I don't like that. I don't like this personality, but hey, who am I to tell Mia what she can and cannot say? I'm just saying, I don't like that. But um, in the end, they actually hug, and they say they're going to be amicable in the house, and that's all. So then they go back to the house, and of course the Mean Girls wants a download on the Mia conversation. So they have them download. I call them the Mean Girls because they all gather in one bed like they do all season and they trash talk people. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like it, but I'm just saying they are Mean Girls. So then they try to have a party, but Boring, Carl and Lizzie go to bed because it's midnight and they are healthy people, sober people. We should not have sober people on summer house because they are boring and they make the ambiance, the vibe of the house very boring. Like I love Carlin's Lindsay's relationship, but them being together actually sucks the life out of the summer house. So yeah, I hope that it's either the last the last season or they start stop they stop going to bed at midnight because. If they do that all season, because they did that last episode. They're doing it this episode. I'm very annoyed with that situation. Very, very annoyed with that situation. So then it's the next morning and Lindsay and Carl get up. And the first thing that they do is that they give themselves like this huge, big kiss on the mouth while still in bed without brushing their teeth. That's not me. I ain't kissing my boyfriend if we haven't. I think it's disgusting. I don't want to have your disgusting morning (laughs) breath in my nose. I really, really hate it. So then the producers ask, uh, oh, and they go to the bathroom, obviously, to have S E X, sex, sex, sex. So the producers ask uh, Carl and Lindsay how it was the first time they had sex. So Lindsay, that very intense woman, Said that she asked Carl before they had sex if he saw her as the mother of her children, of his children. And I'm like, girl, you're so intense. Like, what? Just have sex with the man. Like, but I don't understand. They've been friends for so long. She's been burned in many relationships. She's 30. She has a plan. We remember she wants kids and she has a plan. She needs to make sure that the next guy that she has sex with. Wants to have her babies. So she's just making sure that that's, that's the intention of Carl. But I'm actually very annoyed with their relationship. Like I just said, I can't. I really don't want. I don't, I, I don't know why, but I don't like seeing happy people on my TV. Maybe I'm unhappy. I am actually not happy, but... I want to see drama. I love drama. I watch those shows for drama and terrible (laughs) relationship. And seeing them all lovey-dovey pretending, because I believe that they're pretending. Pretending to be in love like that on TV actually bothers me. It bothers me. Anyway, everyone leaves the summer house because it's a Monday morning. And Lindsay and Carl are going to brunch with Danielle. I love Danielle. She is beautiful. And she's actually very sincere. And I think that's I don't know. I love her. So Danielle tells us that uh, she's living between Montauk and Aspen because Robert got a job as a private chef in Montauk and Aspen. So she is happy to follow him everywhere. But as we know, Robert and Danielle broke up. And so that's actually very sad. So while at brunch, they discuss the Carl and Kyle's relationship. Carl says that he doesn't want to work in the alcohol business anymore as he's sober and he has to go to all these bars and he feels like it doesn't fit with his lifestyle anymore, and that's why he's rethinking his relationship with Boy. And Daniel says that she just doesn't want Carl to get taken advantage of, and it's what it seems right like right now. And uh Daniel is on Carl's and Lindsay's side because that's their friend but I'm wondering how she'll feel at the end of the season because as we know Danielle and Lindsay have a falling out and in this episode Danielle is going to bat for them and I feel sad because well she's going to bat for people that thinks that our friend the tres amigos, but we I want to know what Danielle feels at the end of the season because right now she's on their side obviously but We'll see, because she doesn't, she obviously does not have all the details, just like we don't have all the details. Then we see Paige and Craig in the city. Paige is making eggs for him and all that. They are looking very cute, I guess. <laughs> I actually don't like them together. And Paige says that she doesn't feel any pressure to reach any milestone, like a long distance relationship is great for her. She doesn't want to get kids, to have kids right now. She doesn't want to get married. She doesn't feel like she has to choose between Charleston and New York where she should live. I think that Paige is just riding the Bravo couple relationship. She's not really that into Craig. She can't be. She's way too smart. She's just like, yeah, we have the spotlight because we are a Bravo couple. I'm going to ride it as long as I can. I'm going to get everything that I can out of this relationship publicly wise. But I'm moving for Craig to Charleston. I'm getting pregnant by Craig. Why? Who would get pregnant by what's wrong with my sewing, Craig? Not Paige, I hope. Paige, if you're listening to that, please don't make me regret my word. You're way too smart to be with dirty Craig. Thank you. So this weekend, Carl and Lizzie are not going to be at a summer house because they have a wedding in California. So they're going to this place. And it's going to create a lot of drama later anyway right now we're in the city in new york we are Carl's and amanda's apartment and Carl uh, has very bad news to tell amanda he tells her that one of their distributors in palm spring has terminated them it's terrible news because the whole valley cochilia place they don't have any distributor anymore and Carl tells us that Carl is not included in the email so He, of course, blames Carl for neglecting the distributor. And that's kind of what makes me be on Carl's side more. Because he says that Carl went to California this weekend, but he did not tell anyone on the team that he was uh, supposed to to go to California. And so that it has made everyone else's work very more complicated. So if indeed Carl says that he's working 90 hours a week but no one in the work team seems to see him any time. Well, then that's a problem because Carl, why do you want more money for some appearance that are part of your work? I don't think you deserve it. And uh, Kyle tells, Amanda, that I will have to ask Carl where he spends his time and they'll, not, they'll need to have a really deep work conversation then. Amanda tries to remind, Kyle, that Carl is his friend, and that he should be a little bit more lenient. But you know, like it's a business relationship, you can't be treating your friends that you hired as your friend or your employees. So, yes, Carl needs to be more accountable on what he's doing for the company, and he has to prove that he deserves a raise. Because just like us, you know, you can't see your boss that you had a drink with on Tuesday and come to our- <laughs> to her office on Wednesday and be like girl we're friends I want more money I'm not doing more work but I want more money no that's not how it works so yeah I agree with that's why I'm on team Kyle I'm team Kyle all the way all the way until the episode that is so now it's the weekend again it's the second weekend and it's Ciara's first weekend and Danielle's first weekend Ciara says that her and Danielle are amicable and she has to she had to obviously apologize for the drink throwing at her last season and she's actually remorseful. I would like to say that her demeanor does say something different. She looked like she was like, oh, and obviously I had to apologize. And then she caught herself and she like, I obviously mean it. But I don't think that's true. I will need to see it. I will need to see if Sierra does try to make more effort to be nice to Danielle or to not even be nice, to try to be friends with her. Cause that's what we want to see. We want to see a, f- a house with friends. So we'll see what happens of course then Amanda downloads Paige on the Kyle Carl drama and she tells uh, Paige that Carl didn't tell the Loverboy team that he wouldn't be working this weekend and uh, I love it because Paige had a smirk on her face the whole time and she's like oh it's bad it's terrible Paige loves the fact that Carl is fucking up at his job because it makes Lindsay looks bad obviously obviously then the, everyone dressed up for dinner because they're going out for dinner. And would we'll have to point out that Sam has a great sense of style. Like she was dressed like a little Barbie all in pink with a little pink bag. I love her. She looked like a surfer girl, blue eyes, blonde hair. She is obviously a content creator. She knows how to dress. I love Sam. I love all the newbie, Chris, Gabby, and Sam. I like them. I really like them. So at dinner, Carl and me, I start talking about a conversation that she had with Lindsay. And Carl says that he needs to have a real conversation with Carl on a weekday without Lindsay. Because he feels like like he's been saying Lindsay is in his eyes, in his ears. Carl says that he cried when they told them that they were together. He's very supportive of the relationship. But if he starts hurting their business relationship, then that is a problem. And when he's having a conversation with Mia, Daniel is listening to the conversation because, obviously, tres amigos, Daniel is always going to defend Carl. Um, Carl complains about the fact that Carl didn't tell him about going to California and uh, whilst this entire dinner is going on, since he arrived at the house, he is clearly wasted. So he's saying a bunch of shit that he should not be saying in front of people, that he should not be saying about his employee Without his employee being there, but anyway, he goes on and on about Lindsay being in his hair to the entire table. When I say he is, I mean Carl. He says that when he hired Carl, it was unhireable, and he kept showing up drunk and even says something that's like, "When I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying I'm thinking Kyle, but I'm king Kyle until he said that he said, Carl showed up to work one day so cooked out." That didn't even bring his computer to work. <laughs> and then he continues and say that the world needs to know that he's a freaky fucking is a pretty freaking understanding boss. That they have a no-vacation policy. You can take vacation anytime you want, you just have to give it two weeks' notice. And Carl only gave you like two to three days notice. So that is not correct. And obviously, Carl gets so agitated because he's like so drunk out of his mind, he leaves the table in Carl's fashion. And then after that, everyone goes on with dinner. Ciara is like, hmm, he's not going to have his salmon. I'll have his salmon. And she goes and sits at Carl's place. And then, so when uh, he comes back to the table, he he sits next to Danielle, And she tells him, I don't want you sitting next to me. Because she heard everything she said about he said about Carl and it's pissing her off. Carl gets defensive, doubles down on the cooked things. He's, he's repeating the fact that Carl, Carl showed up to dinner to work without his computer because he was so cooked out of his mind and all that. And Daniel is like, yeah, it's pretty unfair because that was two years ago and you bring that now because you don't want to give him more money. And that's the end of the episode. We'll see what's happened next time. But, like I said, I'm on Carl's team. I really did not like the cooked out comment. But if he's the truth, then yes, Carl does not need more money if doing those appearances are part of his job description. If he's doing more work, if he's doing great work, yes, he can have a, work, a raise. But apparently, Carl has been neglecting work ever since he's been with Lindsay. So he does not deserve more money. Even the fact that he's neglecting work because he's not getting enough money is not a reason for him to get more money. Like, it's such a weird line when you hire friend, but you still have to treat them like your employee. We're friends outside of work, but at work you have to do your job do your food like <laughs> like sandy would say do your fucking job carl so that's all i'm gonna say right now i'm on Carl's side i hate seeing the lindsay carl relationship i think it's gonna hurt carl in the end because kyle did give a pretty big chance to carl when he was an arrow he will remember like he tried to get a job but he could only get that job for like two weeks and then he would get fired and then he would get another job and he would get fired and Kyle is the only one Kyle is the only one that believed in him so yeah they should yeah he should like start being more aware of himself and more aware of his competencies maybe I don't know I would like to see how it unfolds so now let's move on to Vendor pump Troll. So it's season ten, episode three, and this episode is called Troll Meets. <laughs> That's such a ridiculous name because Katie is such a ridiculous person. She's she's like such a Karen. I I wanted to believe for the first two episodes that she had changed, but Katie will be Katie. Katie will Katie till the end so the episode starts with lisa arriving at sir and she goes directly to dr peter he says he doesn't remember much as he got drunk after raquel told him she was not interested and he's like no it's not because uh raquel dumped me and lisa is like "Ha ha ha i don't believe you i think it's because you were sad that raquel doesn't want you and i think so too peter you have nothing else in life than other than sir and the girls that you can pick up at sir, but like Lisa says, it's not twenty twelve now. Me too has happened. You can't date your fucking employee, Peter, and go get a girl that's your age to date, or girl of whom you're not in position of power, so that she can say no if she's not interested. Thank you. But then we see Raquel and she's late for work because Grammar dog is sick, and she has to take him. She had to take him to the vet, and then she took him for a walk. So. Lisa asks her, are you late, Raquel? And she just tells her this excuse and starts crying because she now knows how to get out of any excuse with Lisa. You bring up a sick animal and Lisa will start to tear up and she will let you know that you did nothing wrong. Everything you did was right. You could have been four hours late to work, but if that little dog is taken care of, you're off the hook. <laughs> And then Lisa tells her that she's disappointed that she was dating Peter. She should know better. And uh, then Raquel says that she handed things with Peter. Lisa is happy about it, but she feels like Raquel has lost her direction since James and her broke off their engagement. Raquel starts crying. She's still in love with James and he just replaced her so quickly with Ali and he is pretending that he loves Hallie more than he ever loved Raquel, and she feels a little slighted about it. So they cry on a napkin about it, and then Lisa is like, shoo, shoo, go to work, and please change that napkin, please. (laughs) Lisa is really, truly a good reality star, cause like, she loves to make her employee cries, and then she's like, okay, now time to go back to work, stop crying, you don't need to cry calm down and go to work please. Anyway, I think that uh, Raquel and James broken off their engagement is the beginning, is the origin of the villain era of Raquel. Because Raquel this season is a totally different person. She is unapologetic, she doesn't care who's feeling she's hurting, except when it comes to James. But for any other person, she doesn't care and i love this raquel so then we have a scene with katie and ariana they go look at a place uh that could be a potential place where they would open their sandwich shop something about her um but uh they are still looking for investors because they lost randall as an investor because he's no longer dating lala and also turns out randall is broke and has been broke for a very long time And now everything is catching up to him so they still don't have investors the place that they were looking at um i don't think it's great for a sandwich shop like it's a little big it's a little too much i don't think they need such a big places like a bakery is doesn't need to be like one thousand square feet big i think like half of that would be enough like you know you need a little place where you can Expose your sandwiches or your bakers your bakeries And then a little place outside like four or five tables for people to sit if they don't want to go home I don't think you need like a restaurant type of uh, place. But anyway, that's not my business and uh, Ariana told us that they learned a lot with uh, the Tom's uh, Experience at opening a restaurant. They have been their guinea pigs and uh, they learn from their mistake like not using your own money to open your restaurant yet, get investors money and not to wash things. Then we get a scene, a very sad scene of Tom in his tiny weenie apartment that is dirty with all his boxes everywhere and he's repeating, it's just a phase, it's just a phase, it's just a phase i really truly hate tom schwartz and i love him and and i love him at the same time. he has this capacity of making him seem like he's a victim in all situations. i just love it. and then he received a text from lala congratulating him from the daily may party. lala I don't know, you have to pick a lane. Either you hate the Toms or you love the Toms. Either you hate the fact that Tom Schwartz went and played pickleball with Randall or you don't. Like, don't send that very hypocritical text where you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy for Schwartz and Sandy's. No, No, you're not. You're not. Stop trying to look like a good person. Anyways. Then uh, at Tom Short's apartment, Sheena comes to do the podcast with him. He says, "Oh my God, I wanted really to console you because he went to bed at 4 a.m. and he was hanging out with his uh, friend Joe." And he says that she's just a friend, not a love interest. But I would like to say Joe is a very, very pretty girl. So we never know because Tom tells us that his apartment is dirty and all that, but the other places where we did not see, but we got to see a little glimpse of it, looked very, very clean. So Sheena says that this type of apartment is the guy that can't get it up. But I don't know, because we s- didn't see the rest of the apartment. And he could really be hooking up with Joe. But I'm not going to put that out there. <laughs> Sheena says that she wants uh, Tom to get under someone else. And uh, during the podcast, they play Marie Fakil, And the contenders are Lisa, Lala, and Raquel. So he wants to marry Raquel, but then he's gonna play the victim when he says that Sheena is trying to push Raquel onto him. But hmm, you wanna marry Raquel? He wants to ban Lisa Vanderpump, and that is no surprise to anyone. And he wants to kill Lala, like the rest of us, I feel like. (laughs) Then she asks uh, him if he's blaming the bar for his and katie's divorce but he doesn't want to blame the bar for his and katie's divorce um it feels like it's a lot of other things and the bar is something that happened at a time when they were already shaky and i agree with that they should have never gotten married since the beginning of *Vanderpump pump rules we've been asking ourselves what is katie doing with tom tom obviously does not lie with Katie, as much as Katie loves Tom. So yeah, we cannot blame the ball for that. Then Sheena addresses the rumor that's going around that uh, Tom and Raquel made out at Coachella but Tom was not at Coachella so that rumor is false. But he wouldn't be sad. He would love to make <laughs> the rumor true. So, you know, we have to look at all that when Danny plays the victim to Katie. So that she doesn't get mad at him. So then James and Ellie go surf for a drink. And Lisa comes over to see them. And she brings up um, Graham and the vet thing. And uh, James says that he didn't know because he hadn't seen him since uh, him and uh, Raquel broke up. And he says, like, oh, I didn't know. I thought you knew. And I want to stay out of it. I, I, I don't want to be a part of it. Lisa, stop lying. You love turn-up drama. You miss being on Housewife. And I hope they bring you back on Housewife because that would be a great, great time. But yes, she pretends to want to stay out of it. And uh, James is like, I'm going to talk to Raquel. So Raquel goes back and goes by them and he asks Raquel about Graham. But she said, I don't want to talk about it with you. She but then he still continues to ask her, and he says he's upset because he misses Graham more than he misses Raquel, and so Raquel, Raquel downloads him on the situation. And then he starts crying, like I was, I was Graham's little, little Graham's father for a long time. You got him when you were with me, and he says he wants to see Raquel. He wants to see Graham, but Raquel says that she needs to think about it, and then he says. Raquel is being very dumb and stupid about the situation. I don't know why he wants to see Graham so bad. It's not your dog. You guys had an agreement that when you break up, if you ever break up, and you did, Graham would belong to Raquel. You have the right to know anything that happens in that dog's life. And you crying and calling Raquel dumb and stupid is another reason. You should not be in that dog's life because you keep staying in Raquel's life And you're gonna mess her up. She's already like so stupid about you. Yeah, when it comes to you, James, Raquel is very dumb and stupid. But you guys don't need to keep in contact. So then we have a scene with the Toms at Schwartz and Sandy's and they tell us that the Daily Mail party made it seem like they were open. But they are still not and they have a lot to do because they still have no menu, no cocktail list, no front staff and no back staff. So they basically have nothing. But the (laughs) place and it's been what like three years since they started that project what have they been doing just thinking about psychedelic things to put in the restaurant like guys you need to pull your fingers out of your ass and get that restaurant open that's what like Greg was complaining to Lisa at the party was like these guys have no idea what they're doing because yeah they actually have no idea what they're doing they don't know how to hire staff they don't know how to get like they don't know how to do anything like they need to stop being so slow and think so much about things and start acting and like to let us know that people really want the restaurant to be open. Some random couple walks into the bar like a couple that looks like they are from Colorado and they plan their entire trip <laughs> to Los Angeles around their dinner or lunch at Schwartz and Sandy's and they walk into the bar and they tell them it's not open guys we want the restaurant to open like come on do something I'm rooting for you guys you just need to act right now everyone is rooting for you guys you guys just need to act on it anyway lala katie and raquel go to dinner. lala tells us that she feels connected to raquel because the both of them just left their relationship and it was very life-changing to them and she feels like now that raquel is no longer with james she has a little bit more going on in her brain and i will say i do agree with lala now that raquel is her own person she can think for herself she looks a little bit more smart, a lot more smart and yeah she's really way more interesting. So Kelly says that she went to Tom's apartment to drop off her dog and he told her that he did the podcast and that Sheena told him during the podcast that she really wanted him to start dating Raquel. That's again another example of Schwartz not taking accountability for his doing Sheena did not put a gun, a gun up to your head and told you you had to do the podcast. No, she said, do you want to do my podcast? Yes or no? Answer. And you said yes. So right now, to Katie, you made it look like she's forcing you to do the podcast. She's forcing you to talk about your divorce. She's forcing you to date Raquel. No, that's not what's going on right now. And while the conversation is happening, Raquel is taking like a very deep sip of her martini. She looks so guilty. That's the face of someone that's like, hmm. You know, I kind of want to fuck your (laughs) ex-husband. But I don't know how to let you know that. Obviously, Lala is shocked. Lala is like, oh my God, I can't believe that she's trying to do that. She's not a real friend. Lala, shut the fuck up. And then Raquel says that Sheena did try to push Trot onto her. Katie Katie says that she feels betrayed because Sheena was a bridesmaid in a wedding. Yeah, she was a bridesmaid in your your wedding because Katie, you have no friends since uh, Stacy decided not to be friends with you and the only friend that you had that still wanted to be friends with you is Sheena. Raquel says that the more she thinks about it, the more she does like Schwartz and she wouldn't date him but she would maybe hook up with him. Then I get smart and she warns her about dating Schwartz. And she's like, there's gonna be the body dropped and it's gonna be over you, dating Schwartz. E.T. says that her feeling would be hurt by that. And she's not ready to see Tom dating someone in their friend's group. And Raquel doubles down, but she said she wouldn't fuck him. But a little flirt never hurt anyone. Raquel does not want a relationship right now. She's still hurt by James. And she keeps hearing that you he had other girls during the relationship. And she's really hurt by that. And at this point, Lala admits that her and James hooked up at the beginning of James' relationship with Raquel and her relationship with Randall. So, like, why are you coming down on Raquel and telling her there's going to be body dropped if you start dating Schwartz when you cheated on your boyfriend with Raquel's ex-fiancé Lala you are a fucking hypocrite and you have no way no right to be like yeah you can't date Schwartz shut the fuck up and mind your fucking business and stop fucking men in relationship Lala stop being a fucking hypocrite then we move on to a scene where Sandoval is rehearsing with his band and James arrives because he's going to open for them at their next show and we learn that Sandoval pays Out of pocket for everything. For rehearsing, for the food, for the tour, for everything. And like, I thought that those guys were friends of Sandoval's. I thought that Sandoval and The Most Amazing were like a group of friends that decided that they wanted to start doing music and that's that. But no, Sandoval is paying for that. So Sandoval's ego is so big that he's ready to spend big bucks on this. Instead of opening this fucking restaurant, Sandoval, stop spending all your money on the most amazing and the Tom Sandoval's. And start spending money on shorts and Sandies. Something that will actually bring money to you. Anyway, Sheena and Raquel meet to do a hot girl walk TikTok. And what is a hot girl walk TikTok? It's basically a walk. A TikTok where you, is where you are walking and you're saying everything that makes you hot. <laughs> this is so ridiculous, but this is show Sheena. I love it. So during this walk, Raquel tells Sheena that she thinks that she's going to let James see the dog. Very, very big mistake. Raquel, you need to cut that man out of your life. And uh, then Sheena brings up the fact, the fact that uh, Tom did a podcast. And Raquel tells her that she knows. Because Katie told her that she was really unhappy about it. And that she feels like she's meddling about her in their relationship. And that she's pushing Raquel onto Tom. And uh, Sheena says that she's not pushing them together. She, When she heard that Raquel said that they hadn't made out yet. Yet. Because Raquel said, we haven't made out Yet. She thought that Raquel was interested. And also, according to her, Katie, Katie, while they were in Las Vegas, told her that she heard about the rumor about Raquel and Tom. And that if it were true, she would embrace it because Schwartz need to start dating so katie that's what i that's why i don't like you you don't show your true feelings you always pretend that you're above everything and that you're unbothered so people assume that you're telling them the truth because they're supposed to be your friend and so then they do stuff and when they do those stuff you get mad at them and you call them little troll you're not a girl's girls katie you are you are the troll actually you are the fucking troll and you are a mean girl So then Lala and Katie go on a double date and it's a really, really, really awkward date. So Lala's date does really creepy and cringy TikTok at the gym where he looks right into the camera and tries to seduce you while he's doing hip thrust. I would like to tell to all the men that do that, please don't. Like I just said, it's creepy and it's cringy. I don't find it sexy to look that a man is looking right into the camera, so clearly right into my eyes, and he's trusting. I don't care how light your eyes are. I'm not interested in you doing that. This is disgusting. This is, <laughs> this is creepy. Maybe not disgusting. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but this is fucking creepy. And then Lala is doing all is saying all those really cringy she's Things and she's trying to be like, ah, oh, I'm a liberated female with my sexuality. And I love to, to like, <laughs> I love to like, uh, shock people with what I said. I have a very clean mouth. You want to know why I have a very clean mouth? Because I haven't given a blowjob in a really long time. It's been nine months and I will burn this place down if I drink because I'm a sober motherfucker. I don't want to hear that on a date, Lala. No guy wants to hear that on a date, Lala. This is not sexy. This is cringy, cringy. Then the girls go to the bathroom. They're not feeling the guys. They're not going to marry him. They're not going to marry them. They leave the date. But, like, it's so controversial. Lala, you claim that you want to be fucked really good. You're not looking for a husband. But you cut the date short because you don't see this guy as your next husband and so she just wanted to be fucked that's then again lala tries to put out a persona she tries to put out things that she wants but then her actions don't follow what she says that's why i'm saying lala is a fucking hypocrite so then we have a scene with James and Raquel at the park with Graham. They are very happy. James is very happy to see Graham. Graham remembers I remember him. And he's like, I knew he would, he would, he would remember him. Me. I'm his dad. No, it's a dog. He's, he remembers he remember smell. And you still have the same smell, um, <laughs> James. Just a little bit more alcoholic. So yeah, whatever so then uh, Raquel I don't know why she does that she brings up the fact that she knows that he and Lala had sex at the beginning of their relationship so Jim blames alcohol and he says that Lala kind of forced him to do it no Lala did not force you to do it she did not sequester you in a room and was like you have to fuck me or else you're not leaving that room no you wanted to fuck her you fucked her and that's on that Like, and then he gets very defensive and he starts talking about Peter and insulting Peter. Like, everything that James does, let us know that he's bothered about the fact that Raquel broke off their engagement. James, you're not, you're not, like, how do you say that? You're not um, fooling anyone. We know that you're bothered about the fact that Raquel broke off the engagement the only one that can't see that is raquel because she's too deep she's too in love but us viewers we can see and raquel i would like to tell you wake up and stop trying to get an apology from james well that's it for me thanks for listening to that episode of this week i'm sorry it came out a little bit late but i had a lot of things to do i need to stop saying that but thank you for watching it and see you next week bye